Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. I'm actually going to talk about the kingdom of God today. Um, <laughs> uh, um, I always skip so far ahead, but uh, I think this is a good thing. Um, so... You guys know that we kind of do a rotation here with who shares, and of course, um, we have other people that share along the way as well. But I have to say that if Wade's message is Exodus, if he likes to preach about Exodus, and Daryl likes to preach about love, (laughs) then I like to preach about the kingdom of heaven. and that's just the mandate on my life. Uh, that's just my relationship with him. That's, that's who he is to me. That's what my heart burns for is the kingdom of God and, and what that all entails. And I thought, Wade, when he was sharing that vision, which was incredible, if that is you, reach out and grab a hold of the faith, knowing that victory is, um, is definite. Like Wade said, it, victory will happen and it will come. And you may feel like you're in process, but... But he is already preparing the victory plate. And so that was incredible. But when he said that he was so zoomed in, so tied on it, that he couldn't fully see the picture, it made me think of the story I wanted to share with you guys as I started my message today. And that was Wade and I got to fly this week. And um, and it was interesting because as I, I got to sit by the window, because Wade gets more room if he sits on the aisle, and uh, we don't often get to fly together. And that's not something that happens very often. But I began to watch as the plane lifted off the ground and, you know, and the ground gets further and further away. And it was as if God just wanted me to continue. Like I could hear him saying, I, I need you to come up here. I need you to come up here because I have a few things to show you. And so I just kept watching as the ground got further and further away. And because we were on a short flight, we didn't have to go very high. And so we actually didn't get above the clouds on our first flight because it was just a flight from South Bend to Chicago, which is pretty quick, 45 minutes or something. And so we stayed pretty low. And so as we rose above the earth, you know, like like when we got to the airport and we're walking through the airport and we're doing all the security checks, all that really high stress stuff, it's just stressful. It's a stressful process. There's nothing relaxing about going through the airport. And so it's a means to an end. You know, you're like, if I can just get on the plane, you know, kind of thing. And so you go through these checkpoints and you're dumping out your water and they're, you know, yelling at you, telling you to take your shoes off and your belt off and make sure you don't have anything in your pockets and, you know, all that stuff. And you're, it's frantic. It's just a little frantic. And so, so you're right in the throes of it. All of that coming at you. And that can feel overwhelming and frustrating. And so I feel like what God was saying is, let me bring you up here just a little bit so that I can show you what I really want you to see. Because sometimes when we're in the throes, in the midst of it, we don't have the perspective to be able to see above what we're walking through. And so walking through that, all I can really see is the chaos around me. But as we begin to lift off the ground and we would go higher and higher, I could begin to see the boundaries that were placed on the earth by fences or tree rows or um, I could see farmland and I could see businesses. I could see the traffic going down the road. We begin to fly over the lake 
and I could see the ebb and flow of the waves um, out in the middle of the of the lake who would even you know think to see that I mean I was so intently looking I was like I wonder if one of those big sea creatures are gonna you know come up and I knew there are shipwrecks down below in Lake Michigan there are all these really cool shipwrecks that Wade always wants to check out and so I was like I wonder if I'll see one of those shipwrecks you know like how well can I really see and of course I didn't see any of that but I thought it would have been really cool if I could and uh, but it was just really interesting because the perspective that I was now seeing from was at a distance that I could see a fuller picture I wasn't in the middle of that airport where there was all these chaos, people yelling at me, telling me to take my shoes off and my belt and, you know, and all that good stuff. I'm scared to death. I've got something in my luggage I don't know about <laughs> that they're going to find. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, they did take my luggage off the, the conveyor and at security and Wade's like, what you got in there? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, and, um, and so they pull you over to the side, you know, and I'm like, uh, I don't know. I, I took a bag that I actually used to teach with. So I thought I probably left a pencil. What if there are scissors in? The, I don't know. You know, I was going to get frisked. I'd already read the sign that said I could ask to be frisked in private or I could be <laughs> frisked out in front of everyone. You know, so I'm playing this out. And anyway, it ended up being my face cloths to wash my face. But <laughs> anyway, apparently they were a full bag. And Wade said that. Mr. Smart Man over here, he was like, that's probably what caused it to go off. So that was just a delay. But that was stressful, you know, to walk through that process. But peace began to come over me as we kind of rose up into the air in that plane. And then the second leg of our flight, we had a further journey to go. And so we got to go higher into the air. And as we moved up in between the clouds and the heavens, it's like you're surrounded and you can't see anything else but just the heavens. You're just surrounded by the heavens. And I believe that's where God wants to take us. And he wants us to function there because when we function down here at ground level, what, what our perspective becomes can be overwhelming to us. And so I was asking Wade last night because I had worked out some logic in my mind, not very scientific, but I'd worked out some logic in my mind that it made sense that the further you had to go, the higher up in the air that you would go. And so um, I was asking Wade to confirm, my uh, resident genius, and uh, I said, so, you know, is that true? Like the further you fly, do they have to take you up further in the air? And he said, yeah, they usually do that because the air is thinner. There's not as much resistance in the air and so it it's more economical to take you up higher so he flew to china we were at about eight thousand feet when um when we flew from south bend to chicago and R wade said that when he flew to china he was at thirty-two thousand feet that's a huge difference that's a huge difference and isn't it interesting that there's less resistance higher up just let that sit in your spirit just a minute there's less resistance when you're higher up. And that's where God wants us to function. He really does want to call us higher. He wants us to function in that higher place so that in those moments where like I felt surrounded at security and we're going through the airport and not feeling uncertain about what was gonna happen when I was up above those clouds surrounded by the heavens and that air is, the resistance is less 
I could feel the momentum, I think, in the spirit. Can't you feel that? Like when you're in prayer or like when we're here in worship together. Man, it really does feel like, which is very cliche to say, like you could storm hell with a water pistol, right? You're just like, hey, any demon coming against me, I I want to give it the what for and I'm going to be victorious. You know, but then sometimes when we're walking in our everyday life, we're so close. Our perspective is so focused in on what we're experiencing and what we're seeing, we lose sight of the fact that God is still calling us to that place. He's still calling us to a higher place. It doesn't necessarily change the fact that you may be walking through something hard. You may still have to walk through that. But it has everything to do with our perspective. Have you ever heard the term perspective is reality? And it's so true. So your perspective on a situation is going to dictate how you respond to that situation. And so our perspective needs to be that of what is God? What is God's perspective? And where does he want to take us in this situation? And so, so the thing about our perspective is very, very tricky. Um, and oftentimes it keeps us low and it limits us. It keeps us from being able to rise up because we use our perspective of reality to dictate how we respond in a situation. So perspective can be a good thing or a bad thing. I can assume there's, so this is my example. I can assume when you go in my kitchen, I don't put things on top of my cabinets because I don't want to have to dust them and clean them. They get so gross. I don't even want to have to deal with it. (laughs) So if you go into my kitchen, I look at my cabinets, I see absolutely nothing up there. There's nothing. I see no dust bunnies. It's perfect. Nothing there. Nothing there. But then if I were to get a ladder and I would look up on top of those cabinets, do you think there's actually nothing there? No. There's probably, I won't even tell you the last time I cleaned up there, a moment or two of dust that has collected there. And other things. And as a matter of fact, I do believe because Wade is taller than me, it's the same thing that happens with the top of the refrigerator. Anybody short enough in the house that you don't have to worry about the top of the refrigerator? Right. Well, Wade sees the top of the refrigerator. And I'm like, well, if you see it, clean it. You know, like, I don't see it. It's nothing's happening up there. From my perspective, everything is okay. Right? But it could also be from my perspective, I am overwhelmed with life. From my perspective, I am overwhelmed. I feel surrounded by the enemy. And I believe with kingdom culture, God is saying, well, I want you to come up here because I got a few things to show you. Okay? And so that's where I think he's, he's pulling us. And that's where he wants us to, to go. It's not, to just, um, not just to be stuck in our perspective. He didn't want us to fly low anymore. You know, we don't, not just walk through the airport, but he's pulling us up. And that's something that we do for each other when we're in fellowship with each other. Is that when you reach out to me and you tell me that you're struggling, I don't need to just grovel with you. I need to pull you up. I need to say, come on, God doesn't want us stuck in that. We got we to gotta rise up. We got to pull each other up into a higher plane. Just think. I mean, you've been with a group of friends and you all hate the world and you all, you know, mad at everybody. Have you ever been with those people? And ain't one of you happy. You're all mad. But all it takes is someone to come in with a different perspective and to start talking a different way. And it begins to change the atmosphere. And it begins to change your perspective. What seemed hopeless, there's now hope. Where there was no faith, there's faith. 
where it didn't feel like victory, there's victory. And that's God. He's always pulling us to a higher place. He's always taking us to a higher place. He did not. He did not provide for us uh, what he has provided in freedom and in knowing him for us to stay low. He didn't. He wants us to rise up. He wants to take us somewhere. So, so flying impacted my perspective. From where I was on the ground, I could only see and take in certain amount of area. But as soon as we rose into the air, I began to see a larger span. And I could see all those wonderful things that were going on on the earth. I could see the things that had been well taken care of, but I could also see the things that were in destruction and needed repair. And I was clear-headed enough so that I could ask God, all right, God, what are we going to do about that? Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you have that, in the midst of it, it just feels heavy and weighty and, and overwhelming. But when we take a moment to get into his presence, we take a moment to allow him to pull us up out of the sticky situation that we find ourselves in, he begins to reveal new perspective to us, a new reality, because that's what perspective is, is reality. So, God is a big picture God, but he is also in the details. And that's the whole thing. So he brings us up high so that we can see, but he never fails to remember the details of our life. He never fails to miss those moments. I love this verse in Psalms 30, wait, Psalms 56, verse 8. This is in the NLT version. He's big enough to show us the big picture, but he is close enough to bottle our tears. It says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. He misses not the moments in your life. He is a part of the details of the things that you walk through. But he is a God big enough to see the big picture and know that you too are going to make it through. That you are not alone and he will not leave you where you are. But he will pull you towards victory. He will pull you towards victory. He will pull you higher until your perspective begins to look like his. Because that is who he is. The kingdom of heaven is pretty big, so I only plan to share in tidbits. I have a feeling that I will share about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Those are interchangeable terms, so I will use either or, <clears throat> but they are the same. But I plan to share because we need to know if Jesus came to establish the kingdom of heaven on earth, and we are citizens of heaven. We sang about it today. I'm going to show you in scripture where it actually proclaims that. If we are citizens of heaven, Jesus established the kingdom of God on earth. And we need to partake of that. Then that is the citizen of whom we belong. Our citizenship is registered in heaven. And that may be hard for some of you to believe, but it's true. So we are not uh, a part of the kingdom of Moses. That was the Old Testament. And in uh, 2 Corinthians, you want to write down this passage because I'm only going to uh, share a couple of verses. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 through 18, it talks about how, 
how the kingdom of Moses was established and that and it was written on tablets and now we know that the kingdom of God is written where it's written on our hearts it's inside of us it's not an external thing like it was with Moses and after God had written his kingdom on those tablets for Moses Moses face was uh, had to be veiled because of the glory that shone on his face the thing was is that that was a temporary glory and it wore off over time but what we've been given is the fullness of the glory that came through Jesus Christ it's something that we carry with us that we can encounter when we're in his presence it's a part of his kingdom it's a part of his kingdom in um, I'm going to talk about the Lord's Prayer just a minute because Honestly, if you've been around me for any time, you know I love to say this particular part of the Lord's Prayer. And I know that I've probably preached on parts and parts of this, but you're on a journey with me because I want to draw closer to him and I want greater understanding. And as he reveals more and more depth and understanding to me, you may already know it, but it's revelation to me and it's burning on the inside of me and I need to share it with you because I just need to make sure that you know about it because I want you to fly with me and I'm going 32,000 feet up right I want to go where the air is clear (laughs) where the resistance is low where it's just me in the heavens with my father that's where I want to fly so if you want to go with me there's plenty of room there's plenty of room so in Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13 this is the new King James version Jesus said this is how you are to pray Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, which means great and mighty is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. He is here to establish his kingdom. He he came, he sent his son to set up his kingship here. Kingdom in the Greek, in that word, for all you smarties, I got a little Greek word for you, and then an Aramaic, so I'm hitting all the buttons this morning. But um, the Greek word for kingdom is basilia, um, and the Aramaic term would be malchut. You know, Jesus probably spoke in Aramaic, which Jesus may have used. (laughs) Malchut refers primarily not to a geographical area. So it's not like, hey, Berrien County is the kingdom of God. That's not the way... God established his kingdom. He um, established his kingdom um, to inhabit the realm. It's not limited by borders. It's, um, it's more of a, of a sovereignty of power. It's, um, it's an activity of the king, and it all has to do with his Rule. So in the Easton's Bible Dictionary, it says sovereignty actually means absolute right to do all things according to his own good pleasure. That's the kingdom of God. He can do to his own good pleasure what he wills. That's the kind of king that he is. And we just talked about the fact that he was a good father, right? And that he would withhold no good gift to us. That's how he rules, not on a whim or a feeling. Aren't you glad that you're not the king, the king of this world? I mean, just, just think about that for a minute. If, it, if we were ruled by kingship of this world, what would things look like? I mean, we'd be changing. We already experience that some, right? Depending on politics. 
But it is true. We're, we're subject to the whims. But with God, we're not. It's not. He's not a whim God. He doesn't just do something on a whim. But he's got a plan. He's a big picture God. He understands that, hey, I'm going to establish my kingdom. And I'm going to rule and reign in the atmosphere and in the realm. And uh, don't get lost in the moment. I think I used this example some time back, but, but it speaks to me because Wade's always telling me to have long vision, long vision for your retirement plan, right? I mean, I just look at that thing and I think, my goodness. <laughs> but he's like, don't get shaken. You know, Wade's like, don't get shaken. I know it may go down, but it's going to come back up and you just got to, you know. And I feel like that's what God's telling us. He's like, don't get shaken. You know, because you may feel like things are on the decline right now in your situation. But he's big picture God, right? He's big picture God. And he's like, don't you get shaken in this moment, Katie. I'm walking with you and I've got a plan. And I know what it looks like. It looks like despair and it, it doesn't look, it looks hopeless. But I've seen the big picture. I know what the plan is. I've established my kingdom and you are a citizen of my kingdom. And I rule as a good, good father. And I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. You are not alone. Are you a citizen of heaven? Or do you want to live by the rulership of this world? And I got to thinking about citizenship, right? I mean, what does that... Oh, I should I should just move right on here to 2 Corinthians because this is going to be good. Okay, so the reason that I always pray... I'm going to back up to Matthew 6. The reason that I always pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is because if Jesus said we should pray that, I think that we should see that. Right? He said his kingdom, that God's kingdom would come. Jesus came to establish it, but he's still telling us to pray for that. He's still saying pray this way, not in a religious manner to where we have to, you know, which we do because it's something as Christians that we know, hey, this is the one thing we can all say together and agree on. <laughs> and so we will recite the Lord's Prayer, but the Lord's Prayer we know is really a model of prayer, that our prayer should be that God's kingdom would come. And his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. We don't have to actually have to wait till we get to heaven to experience heaven. Hello? Because we're citizens of heaven. That, king, that kingdom has been placed inside of us. We carry the kingdom of God in us. And I know that seems like out there are just too much but it is the truth it's the truth that's what it says so we should want to see the kingdom of heaven here on earth and I was I was raised in the old church Brittany and I've been doing a lot of revelation study and and my goodness we have yeah it's been fascinating to say the least and I won't even talk about it um, but the amazing thing is I never growing up realized, I just thought I had to wait till I got to heaven to be in a place where, where I could walk on streets of gold or I could experience God and, and I could really see him, um, see him in greater measure. But then I began to have the revelation that I don't actually have to wait till I get there, that it, Jesus said that it is God's will for us to see his kingdom come. And us to live life like that. He even finishes up the prayer and he says, he says to God, for yours is the kingdom. He declares it back to him. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. We are part. We are part of God's kingdom. And so I just want to read um, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18, out of the Passion Translation. And it says, We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our face. And this refers back to earlier in that passage. You can read that whole passage. It's really good. That's why I gave you that scripture reference, which was 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 18. And it talks about the veil that was over the face is referring to the veil that Moses put over his face because the people could not encounter his glory. They were afraid. They were afraid to encounter the glory that shone on Moses' face. But when Jesus came and he established his kingdom, God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven on the earth, we carry the glory. We are a part of the kingdom of God. And we don't have to have a veil over our face any longer. But we can encounter the fullness of the kingdom of God. We're no longer veiled. I mean, if we want to talk about the the crucifixion, Wade talked about the tabernacle a few weeks ago, and the veil literally was torn in the temple, not to separate us so that we could no longer, we would no longer need to be separated from the glory of God. So good. And so in verse 18, it goes down and it says, And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We don't even see our image. It's like we're seeing his image, his glory when we look into a mirror. We are being transformed. This is the same word in the Greek. It means metaphor, metaphorsis, like a metamorphosis, the transformation that takes place inside of us would be similar to the transfiguration that happened to Jesus. Same word, same word. We are being transformed into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this is in other translation that we move from glory to glory. That's why we cannot stop at salvation. It says that we are being transformed, transfigured from glory to glory, from place to place. Not only am I a citizen, but as I grow and know God, then he begins to reflect even greater through my life. And it impacts me. He takes me higher and higher, higher and higher. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit, not from us. It doesn't come from us. It comes from him. And I truly believe that it hinges on the fact of, do you know you're a citizen of heaven? Do you know that you're a citizen? It was in the lyrics of the song we sang today. But it's also in scripture. It's in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Our citizenship is in heaven. From which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. And this is speaking of the second coming, I believe. The Lord Jesus Christ, 
it doesn't say that when we get to heaven, we become citizen. It says that we are citizens of heaven. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, He raised us up with Christ. The exo- What did he do? He raised us up. He raised us up. He didn't leave us here. He didn't leave us here. I'm not stuck in security at the airport. He's raising me up. Um, uh, Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended, that's another upward <laughs> to ascend, with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated. What? I just love that. As one with Christ. We've got assigned seats. Nobody ever liked assigned seats, right? (laughs) But we've got an assigned seat in heaven. And it's right there. We are seated next to him as one in Christ. That's amazing. I'll take that assigned seat all day, every day. All day, every day. And in verse 19 in the same chapters, Ephesians 2 is so good and it's so rich. If you struggle with identity and wanting to know who God is and who you are, it is just Ephesians 1 and 2 is chocked full of identity and, and, and telling you who God is. And, and because of who he is, that's who you are. I just say, eat that. Eat that like he told Ezekiel to eat the scroll. I'm glad he didn't tell us to do that now, but he did then. But just eat that like it is manna, like your soul depends on it. Because it's good and it's full of life. But in verse 19 it says, so you are not foreigners or guests. Does it feel like that sometimes when you when you want to spend time with God, you feel like a guest? Like you hadn't really taken up your citizenship yet. You haven't really said, taken up that identity of, I, I really am your son and daughter and, and you have placed me as a citizen in heaven and that's who I am. Or do you come to him like a guest? You know, hey God, it, it's Becky. You remember me? I, I live in Benton Harbor and um, you know, you remember me? It's not like that. Scripture says he knows my voice and he responds to it. That he's, Wade likes to say he's numbered the hairs on my head. That's all I'm going to say. And then, um, but, but Wade didn't say it. God said it, right? So something else about Ephesians is that a lot of this hinges on our unity in the body. We've got to appreciate each other. We've got to honor each other. We need to walk in unity with each other. Does that mean that we're not going to have issues with each other? No, we're going to have issues. That's what a family does, right? But we don't give up on each other. We don't turn our backs on each other. But we walk in unity together. And we pull each other up. When I see you stumbling or having a problem, I come alongside you and I say, hey, come over here with me. I notice it looks like you're having a hard time. If somebody reaches out to you and they're like, are you okay? Don't get offended by that. Be glad that they cared enough to just check. And if you're okay, just say, hey, I'm, I'm good. And if they say, well, I felt like I needed to pray for you. I say, well, thank you. Because I don't know what your prayers may have helped me to avoid. And maybe God was allowing you to see something in my day or in my situation that needed prayer that I wasn't able to see. And so I'm grateful for the body. And just as God takes us from glory to glory, we need to take each other. We need to pull each other up. And we may get frustrated because sometimes we just want someone to waller with us. Anybody been there? 
But that's not who he is because he's not willing to leave us there. I just wanted to say something about citizenship. You know, if you come into America, if you come into this country and you want to become a citizen here and you were born in another country, there's a process that you have to go through. You actually have to say that you no longer would defend the country to which you were from, that you lay down all rights to that country and you uh, take up the citizenship of America and you make a pledge to defend America and you make a pledge to support America and to be a productive part of the culture. That is part of your citizenship. When we become citizens of heaven, it's the same way. We lay down every other citizenship that we have. We are a citizen of heaven first. That trumps any other citizenship that we have. And he's going to ask us to lay down all those other preconceived ideas and all those other citizenships that we carry so that we can become fully citizens of heaven. Just like someone else coming into this country, they would fall under the rule and the government of this country, of America. We need to fall under the sovereignty of our king. Right? So would you stand with me? I have a super, well, I have several, actually. We have lots of creative people in this house. But um, some weeks ago, before I even knew I was going to preach on a message of Citizen of Heaven, I had her make me a t-shirt. <laughs> but I didn't know it would become a message. But it is something that God is revealing to me and showing me that, you know, we, one of our... Um, value words in this house is more our mission statement is we want to cultivate a culture for more of God and I feel like that this is a more of God is my deeper understanding of my citizenship and who I am and you know I want y'all to come along with me I want us to go together because he does have so much more to reveal to us. There's so much more of his kingdom. And in the weeks to come, when I get an opportunity to share, I want to talk about all the ways that Jesus, through all of his parables, talked about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God looks like. And it's going to begin to reveal to us how we should function and who we should be in the kingdom of God. And what does that really look like? on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, Father. Your will be done. And so as you go and you begin to search these scriptures and, and you read back over them and, and you uh, begin to ask God, what does your citizenship look like in heaven? I just pray that he opens up the word of God to you in a deeper and a richer way. And if this is something that seemed very foreign and your head's still kind of spinning and going, you know, I don't really know. Just take it to the Lord. Just take it to God and say, you know, God, I, I hear the words, but I'm not sure my heart's there. 
I know it to be true and I can believe it. It's so easy sometimes to believe for other people. I can see her and I see she's all excited, but I'm not sure that's for me. You don't have to burn like me. As a matter of fact, God probably didn't create you to burn like me. He created you individual to bring your part to the body of Christ. To bring your flavor and your peace. Thank God we're not all the same. Could you even imagine for a moment? But he said he has need for every part. For every part. And he has given you, you have taken the pledge. When you said, Jesus, I need you to be the Lord of my life. I am undone and I am a sinner without a savior. When you said that, he gave you your citizenship card. He sealed your heart with it. He stamped you with my child. You are now a citizen of heaven. That is who you are. And if you'll just close your eyes. And so if you're here today and you just don't feel like you've got that seal on your heart. And when you heard me saying those words, you're like, I'm just not really sure, Lord. then it really is as simple as just admitting your need. And, and you can do that in this moment. You can do that in your car on the way home. But it's just admitting to him that you're in need of a savior and that you wanna take your rightful place as a son and daughter, as a citizen of heaven, and that you wanna live that life I mean, I'll say 32,000 feet up, but man, he's got so much more to take us, so much higher to take us, so many more places to take us, so much higher than that, that I don't even want to limit him with a number, but for a perspective. <laughs> High. He wants to take us from glory to glory. And so I just want you to know that it's that easy. It is that moment in that transfiguration, that, that uh, transferring process, that transformation will begin to take place in your life as you begin to take up that citizenship of heaven. He will begin to, to shape you to look like you're a citizen of heaven. And it's not even about an outward appearance. He said he looks on the heart that's why he says he places the seal upon their heart. And so as you make that declaration with you and, and Christ, and, and if you've done that today, I would love to rejoice with you. And so I would love for you to share that with me. Or if you need prayer, someone to, to pray you through or walk you through that. I am here to do that because I'm going to take you with me. Because we've got a kingdom to prepare for. Because Jesus is coming back. And we need to be building his kingdom. We need to be preparing this place for his arrival. I want to take everybody with me. I want to take everybody with me. So, Father, I just uh, pray.
pray for your people, for your citizens. I pray for them today that they found a, a deeper understanding and a new revelation of who you are, Father, and that they have um, a greater understanding for the kingdom of God and why you have placed us here, that we don't ever need to stop praying your kingdom come and your will be done until you return, Father. Until your son returns, we're going to continue to build your kingdom and we're going to take up our citizenship. We're not going to get lost in the low-flying zones, and we're not going to allow our perspective to limit us, Father, but, but we just declare today that we're going to allow you to move us from glory to glory and that we will be transfigured to look more like you every time, every time. And if you feel like you're lost in the security check at the airport, just to, just lift your hand and surrender to the Father, and I'll just bless you and pray over you. I know things can feel overwhelming, and, and it can feel like the, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, and you're about to get the pat down. I know that sounds silly, but that's my analogy for today. So, Father, those people that, that may be feeling overwhelmed today, God, I just ask that you would bring them higher that in this moment you would just bring them higher, not 8,000 feet or 15,000 feet or 32,000 feet, but into the heavenlies where they're so surrounded by you that the air is so thin and pure and crisp that it's them surrounded by your presence and that they won't get lost in the moment, in the mundane. We thank you, God, because you are rich in your goodness. You are rich in your goodness. I thank you for the seal of citizenship of heaven. And I will not take it for granted. Can you make that declaration? I will not take it for granted, Father. I am who you say I am. Can you just declare that? I am who you say I am. And my mind is going to catch up with the revelation that has been planted in my heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We are crazy about you, and you're even more crazy about us. In Jesus' name, we pray everything. Amen. Amen. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Will, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.